0: section ninety two of the inheritance by susan edmonstone ferrier this librivox recording is in the public domain volume three chapter twenty one what he did amiss was rather through rudeness and want of judgment than any malicious meaning hayward upon returning to the drawing-room gertrude found her mother and colonel delmore seated at opposite sides of the room he lounging over some books of engravings she with her head resting on her hands as if buried in thought upon her daughter's entrance she looked up have we had coffee inquired she in a way which betrayed the wandering of her mind but at that moment lewiston came into the room in the loud noisy manner of an underbred man who had taken rather too much wine and she seemed instantly roused to recollection she pointed to a seat on the sofa where she was sitting but his eyes were riveted on the countess whom he did not at first recognize in her change of dress when he did he exclaimed by jove i didn't know you you're so rigged out why what's going to be acted now the deuce i was almost thinking of my bed and he yawned lady rossville crimsoned but she caught her mother's eye and she said in a low voice to Delmore, take no notice and she began to talk earnestly to him about some of the engravings he was looking at while mrs st clair said we have brought london hours to the country with us but we must make a reform ha reform yes that's a very good word i like the word reform interrupted the american reform reform repeated he yes it's a good thing is it not my lady and i will reform your fire in the first place and he began to stir and beat it in the most annoying manner then threw down the poker with a horrid clang and drawing his chair close to the fire he put his feet actually within the fender and rasped and crunched the ashes which he had scattered all over the hearth lady Rossville was on the point of rising and leaving the room when mrs st clair crossed to where she was sitting and under pretence of looking at one of the pictures she pressed her daughter's hand in a significant manner while in a low voice and speaking very rapidly to delmore in french she said i must beg your forbearance for american manners you will oblige me by it this was the first time mrs st clair had ever addressed colonel delmore on easy or friendly terms their intercourse hitherto had been marked either by constraint or enmity and now all of a sudden she condescended to sue to him gertrude could scarcely credit her senses and even delmore looked surprised while he answered with a bow after sitting two or three minutes whistling with his hands clasping one of his knees lewiston started up and pushing back his chair in the same rude violent manner that marked his every action he planted himself directly before the fire so as to screen it from every one else in the manner usually practised by vulgar ill-bred men all this was excruciating to lady and colonel delmore both so elegantly quiet and refined in all their habits and movements and they exchanged looks with each other as much as to say ought this to be endured mrs st clair perceived it and hastily said how shall we pass the evening gertrude my dear will you give us some music mr lewiston are you fond of music or should you prefer cards quite agreeable to either man i like a song none of your italian gibberish though and have no objections to a game but by the bye my lady can you play at draughts that's the game for me no sir was the countess's cold laconic reply that's a pity but i'll teach you you have a draught board surely ah there's a table still better come my lady and he touched her arm colonel delmore looked as if he would have shot him excuse me sir said lady rosville drawing back and colouring with indignation no no come away don't be afraid you'll soon learn and again he took hold of her lady rosville is not accustomed to be so importuned sir said delmore while his lip quivered with passion is lady rosville sir accustomed to have you for her prompter demanded lewiston fiercely colonel delmore mr lewiston exclaimed mrs st clair in violent agitation i entreat i beg mr lewiston i shall be happy to play at draughts with you lady rosville cannot play indeed she cannot so much the better so much the better i like to teach people their duty added he with an insolent smile and looking at colonel delmore another time then said mrs st clair but for this evening except of me no no i will have my lady said the american with all the determination of unconquerable obstinacy he is either mad or drunk exclaimed elmore passionately and no company for you and rising he took the countess's hand to lead her away no sir i am neither mad nor drunk as you will find cried lewiston placing himself before them but i have something to say mr lewiston cried mrs st clair with almost a shriek for heaven's sake gertrude colonel delmore what is all this how childish gertrude i command you as a daughter to sit down to draughts with mr lewiston that's it that's right said lewiston with exultation lady Rossville's cheeks glowed and tears of pride and anger stood in her eyes she hesitated you must not said delmore impetuously you shall not for god's sake obey me whispered her mother in a voice of agony and taking her hand she led her to the table sit down my love whispered she and i will play for you gertrude have mercy upon me and she wrung her daughter's hand as the countess would have drawn back do you submit to be so compelled cried delmore almost frantic with rage at the idea of his beautiful countess sitting down to play at draughts with a rude low-bred unknown yes yes said gertrude moved to pity at her mother's appeal i will try for once and she seated herself and mrs st clair took a chair close by her lewiston satisfied with having carried his point of getting lady Rossville to sit down with him allowed mrs st clair to play the game for her daughter he entered into it himself with loud boyish delight rubbed his hands, snapped his fingers, swore by jove and by jingo and when he came to the castling or crowning always insisted that the countess should perform that ceremony i will have all my honours from you said he laughing all all you shall crown me you shall castle me shan't she to mrs st clair who looked the picture of wretchedness though she strove to keep up with his intemperate mirth he is certainly mad thought lady rosville and she began to feel afraid she wished for delmore but delmore in displeasure had left the apartment and she heard him knocking about the billiard-balls by himself in an adjoining room game after game was played and won by lewiston with unabated energy and delight till at last gertrude's patience could endure no longer and she rose with an exclamation of weariness well you have had a good lesson for one night my lady let us see how much it has cost you and he began to count over his winnings then putting them between his hands he rattled them with a glee that under other circumstances would have been ludicrous now give us a song my lady do come mamma to mrs st clair exert your authority i must have a song why i haven't heard you sing yet and i have something of a pipe myself lady rossville has done so much for me that i am sure she will not refuse me this request said her mother in an imploring manner as she took her daughter's hand and pressed it tenderly in hers i cannot sing said gertrude almost choking with the conflict of her feelings what's the matter not in tune never mind you'll do very well the night is nearly over said mrs st clair soothingly but in a whisper as lewiston tired of chucking his money was busy transferring it to a large silk purse your compliance may prevent a quarrel would to heaven this were ended said gertrude with emotion as her mother took her arm and led her into the music-room never again shall i submit to what i have this day done and scalding tears burst from her eyes what you seem rather piano my lady said lewiston looking at her with a smile well i'll give you a song since you won't give me one and one of your own scotch ones too i'm half a scotchman now you know with a wink to mrs st Clair, so here's for your glorious robert bruce and he burst out with scots wahay what wallace bled in a key that made the very walls reverberate the sound yet to own the truth he had a fine deep clear voice and sung well in a very vulgar style with a great deal of gesticulation clenching of hands stamping of feet and suiting of the action to the words to that succeeded an american song and another and another in rapid succession for his lungs seemed inexhaustible and he sung volumes of odious political songs with the same vehemence and enthusiasm till both mrs st clair and lady Rossville were ready to faint with the fatigue of listening to him the former indeed encouraged him to go on by her applause while at the same time she held her daughter's hand and by her looks and gestures constrained her in spite of herself to remain to add to the mortification delmore attracted by the noise had entered the room but with a look expressive of his indignation and contempt had instantly quitted it now my lady i've done my part haven't i i have a right to your song now come i must have it i never gave up a point in my life i've got a square head and square heads as well as square toes are all obstinate at least some people call it obstinacy i call it firmness and i'm firm for your song this insolence is not to be borne exclaimed lady rossville starting up and endeavouring to wrest her hand from her mother's grasp that she might leave the room but she clung to her with fear and agony in every lineament i will call my servants gasped she lewiston only whistled gertrude gertrude hear me but this once this is my last attempt for such a trifle would you drive me to destruction it will come soon enough but not now spare me oh spare me now there's a pretty daughter for you by jingo exclaimed lewiston as the countess stood with her face averted from her mother who still held her hands in spite of her efforts to liberate them lady rosville's passion rose come what may i care not cried she i command that man to leave my house that's easier said than done my lady returned he with the most provoking coolness is it not my good trudge as he pulled his dog by the ear but come now give us the song the night's wearing on and he was going to have taken her arm to lead her to the instrument when by a sudden effort she freed herself from her mother's grasp and rushed into the adjoining room where throwing herself on a seat she almost sobbed in the bitterness of her feelings lewiston's voice loud as if in argument and mrs st clair's as if in entreaty were distinctly heard but they added nothing to lady Rossville's emotion in a few minutes her mother joined her in the wildest and most violent agitation gertrude cried she i no longer ask your forbearance your mercy i see it cannot be and she wrung her hands in agony Tomorrow morrow must end it oh that the earth would cover me before to-morrow violent passion has always the effect of absorbing or annihilating all inferior degrees of excitement and lady rossville was gradually composed at sight of her mother's real despair she would even have tried to soothe her but at that moment lewiston entered as if nothing had happened well you have made a fine row said he addressing gertrude and all for what because i asked you to sing a song you must be deucedly thin-skinned my lady to fly off like a witch in a storm for that you've something to learn yet i can tell you she will learn all soon enough said mrs st clare gloomily to-morrow but let this night pass over not without some supper i hope for your blankets lie very light upon me i can tell you and he laughed heartily at his own witticism lady Rossville rang the bell for some refreshments eager to end this hateful evening and at the same time delmore made his appearance with evident traces of ill-humour visible on his countenance but she felt too happy to see him on any terms to resent his behaviour there was protection there seemed even a propriety in his presence and her looks brightened and her tears passed away when he came and placed himself by her in a manner to screen lewiston from her sight who was on the opposite side of the room making a noise with his dog you have passed a gay and of course a pleasant evening said he in a bitter ironical tone one of your guests at least has no cause to complain of lack of courtesy oh delmore said gertrude in a tone of wretchedness do not add to my unhappiness by your reproaches it is unkind when you see me thus and her heart swelled almost to suffocation it is degrading to you and myself to suffer this cried he passionately this instant i will end it by ordering that fellow from your presence and he made a movement towards lewiston gertrude caught his arm no not now suffer him for a little longer to-morrow is to end it if he does not leave this house to-morrow she stopped a faint red tinged her cheek as she gave her hand to delmore and said you shall take me from it pray heaven he may remain then said delmore earnestly if upon these terms you will indeed be mine gertrude only sighed but it was her firm determination unless this mystery was cleared up and lewiston left the house to throw herself on the protection of her guardian lord milbanke and holding herself absolved from her promise to her mother there to have her marriage with colonel delmore solemnized on delmore's side the suspicion was that mrs st clair was privately married to lewiston and much as his pride revolted from such a connection still his interests might benefit by it lady rossfield would instantly emancipate herself from her mother's authority and give him a legal right to protect her and it would be easy to get rid of the couple by agreeing to settle something upon them provided they retired to america for life a tray with refreshments such as lady Russell and mrs st clair had been in the habit of taking was now brought in but at which the american expressed great dissatisfaction why these are what we give to our porkers on t'other side of the water said he contemptuously taking up a peach and as for your french wines and liquors by jingo i wouldn't give a glass of good grog for a dozen of em hark ye my good friend to one of the servants you'll jule to lay a bit of a cloth for me and order your cook to send up a good rasher of bacon and a brace or two of eggs of Virginian if you have him, and cut at least as thick as my finger, and Mr. Butler, I'll trouble you for a bottle of your best Hollands. That's the thing, but faith, I'll go down and see the porker cut myself. Where does your kitchen lie? And away he marched. Let us to bed, said Mrs. St. Clair, in a tone of suppressed torment, and as if taking advantage of his absence to leave the room her daughter rose to accompany her but she lingered behind a moment to say to delmore you will not remain here i hope no i shall leave the butcher to use his knife upon his porker and go to my own apartment i pray he may make a good supper here for some nights to come added he with a smile but lady Rossville shook her head and sighed then followed her mother to her dressing-room i will say nothing to-night cried mrs st clair as she entered leave me then leave me at least mamma suffer me to stay with you a little not an instant leave me i say cried she impatiently what would you have more than my ruin and your own that i have told you you have nearly accomplished be it so then said gertrude with emotion there can be no ruin surpass the disgrace and ignominy peace exclaimed mrs st clair you will drive me mad and she put her hand distractedly to her forehead gertrude would have embraced her but she repelled her to-morrow your embrace may be of some value to me to-night it is of none it is worse than none i will not have it and she pushed her daughter from her leave me i command you cried she violently and gertrude was obliged to obey no sooner was she outside the door than she heard the lock turned upon her and when her maid came she was refused admittance lady rossville was terrified and she lingered long at her mother's door and heard her walk backwards and forwards and groan as if in anguish but when she tapped or spoke to her she was instantly silent and would make no reply as her apartment communicated with her mother several times in the course of the night she rose and listened and the same thing went on and the morning was far advanced before exhausted as she was she could compose herself to sleep end of section 92